People recovering from COVID-19 may suffer from significant brain function impacts, with the worst cases of infection linked to mental decline equivalent to the brain aging by 10 years. Very nice. <clears throat> Injecting COVID into my 11-year-old son so he can drink <laughs> beers with me. <laughs> well, if that's true, that means Trump currently has the brain capacity of like a 90-year-old. Yeah, I guess that... <laughs> Yeah, that does make sense, and you know, he has been a lot, uh, I don't know, he's been getting a little goofier soon, maybe soon we'll get to see him walking around without pants on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Walking around the street, streets of New York in a uh, bathrobe and a cane to make people think he's crazy. I like the idea of the rest of the Trump family being so cheap that even when he's like, old and dying, like, you know, syphilis has completely wrecked what's left of his brain, he's demented, <laughs> he doesn't know where he is or what he's doing, he's constantly shitting himself. And uh, the tr rest of the Trump family will not hire a nurse and that they themselves are going to care for him. Yeah, right. It's cheaper. Exactly. <laughs> it's just Eric in a nurse costume. Exactly. <laughs> Eric dressed exactly like the uh, nurse from that Blink-182 album. <laughs> What's that album called? She's like holding a big Enema fucking... of the state. Enema of the state. I thought it was called like inject my balls with silicone or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, how about that's just what eric's gonna be doing to trump <laughs> how about this you guys uh hear about the whole uh, liberal craze right now they're saying russia is shooting uh cia officials with uh microwave lasers from russia <laughs> and, they're, and they're melting their brains someone's gotta do it cuban concussion guns are giving low-level united states officials <laughs> an excuse to call out of work that shit is so funny man fucking insane i i don't i don't i how liberals call themselves more grounded in reality than QAnon freaks i will never understand oh absolutely it's like what now we're going to go to war with russia not to find even wmds but to find like their laser <laughs> stockpile yes fucking yes <laughs> They're mind control guns, like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh no, Russia has a shrink ray. We already have a heart attack gun. Like, <laughs> what else do you yeah, need? Yeah, yeah. They're in the fucking like mountains in Dagestan, just like looking for nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna use the Russian mind control gun to make Ivanka Trump fall in love with me, and so then so she can marry me and I can kiss her. Uh, you can change her. I'll take Jared. <laughs> In fact, you know what? I'm gonna get a little bit Mormon with this, boys. I'm gonna use the mind control ray to get Ivanka and Melania. I'm gonna marry them both. Hell yeah. Part of the deal. We're moving the podcast to Utah, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I, what I think is going to be awesome about a potential Biden presidency is the idea of all these Dan and Amy characters from Veep, like, running around, like, stabbing each other in the back and trying desperately. Like, it'll be very similar to the Trump presidency in that. Like, these yeah. varying factions, except now they'll be like, you know, uh, the faction for a green Israel versus the <laughs> faction for... I don't know. If, if the liberals are in charge... The dialogue in the White House will more closely resemble an Aaron Sorkin show instead of, uh, I don't know, like a Tim Heidecker show. Yeah, exactly. It'll be... <laughs> That's a good point. It'll be more uh, newsroom and less Decker. <laughs> less Beef House. Less... Yeah, you're right. Very Beef House. Very Beef House. <laughs> more Millhouse, less Beef House. There we go. Let's fucking go. Welcome back to Boomer Death Squad, the number one eugenics podcast on the <laughs> Bernie Bro Left. I am your host, Cottonmouth Joe. Uh, I'm uh, Danny Maldib, God Emperor of Dune. And I'm praying the rosary. <laughs> nice. Night falls, but not for Eddie Maddox. <laughs> anyway guys uh welcome to this episode of boomer death squad uh we're gonna go over some of the catholic psychopaths who uh run our country oh yeah and uh who seek to run our country into the future 
We're going to start out yep. by bringing back a, uh, a fan favorite from the Boston Herald, one of the great Republicans of the great state of Massachusetts, Michael Graham. Yeah, a uh, fan and pod favorite, uh, might I might I mention. I, I love this guy's articles. They're great. True wordsmith. Pros like none other. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to be taking a dive into the mind of uh, your everyday Opus Dei freak. Um, <clears throat> I guess you guys want to just start here? Yeah, notably the uh, bigotry he feels against himself. I'll read the title if you don't mind. Uh, yeah. Dems bring out anti-Catholic ammo against Supreme Contender by <laughs> Michael Graham in the Boston Herald. Boston Anti-Catholic Herald. Anti-Catholic ammo. Which would be what? Anti-Catholic <laughs> ammo. Yeah, just the sort of oppression that killed JFK. JFK was killed because he was Catholic. <laughs> That's what I believe. <laughs> uh, sorry, Catholics, you're canceled. Damn Protestant mom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Catholics, you're canceled. Your theology is banished. Your religious groups are unacceptable. No room for you at the Judicial Inn. <laughs> for the liberals slash progressives in the audience, that's a reference from the Bible, or as you know it, the white supremacist conspiracy handbook. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The FBI puts you on a list if you own the Bible. The white supremacist conspiracy handbook. The FBI doesn't even have lists of white supremacists. Or I guess they do. It's their employment <laughs> list. But <Yeah. laughs> I, for one, am entirely in favor of banning Catholicism. Yeah. The white supremacist conspiracy handbook. And that's so cool, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You're making the Bible sound awesome and not, like, some boring book about when you can and cannot beat your slave. Uh, <laughs> Judge Amy Coney Barrett? Oh, God. I have to learn this lady's name. She's on the Supreme Court now. <laughs> Barrett. Notorious ACB should be banned from the Supreme Court, many Democrats argue, because she's a believer. And no devoutly religious person can be trusted with a judgeship. That's entirely like, true. Yeah, that's true, but it's not what the Democrats believe. No, not Holy at all. <laughs> if you're a devoutly religious person and you use that as the lens with which you make all your judgments, no, I don't think you should be able to weigh human life on the scale, you fucking psychopath. Unless they're Muslim. Then it's okay. <laughs> What Muslim is on the Supreme Court? <laughs> Clarence Thomas is black, not Muslim. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Like, he believes what you believe. Nation of Islam, Clarence Thomas. That would be cool. Clarence Thomas is probably a Catholic. Yeah, if Barack Obama wanted to win my support, he should have nominated Louis Farrakhan to the Supreme Court. Or Jewish. Totally cool. Wiccan? Why not? <laughs> He's really saying the quiet part loud here. <laughs> or Jewish. Totally cool. <laughs> like, he's so fucking... Yeah. <laughs> I bet he's a noted supporter of the state of Israel, but he just sees it as, like... He wants Israel to be treated like Palestine in, like, an open-air concentration. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Wiccan? Yeah. Fucking Scalia hexed to the moon, and that's when the moon <laughs> killed him. That's what happened. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> uh, but why be surprised by the attacks on Barrett's Catholic fate? Anti-Catholic bigotry is a dogma that thrives <laughs> within the Democratic Party. And it has for a while. No, it hasn't. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? Anti-Catholic bigotry just means you hate Italians and the Irish, which was American culture until, like, I don't know, 50 years ago. Yeah, and then they elected the Catholic, and then they put him down like a dog like the catholic he is oh yeah the democratic party was the only presidential party to put up a catholic and then fucking george w bush senior shot him in the head and i don't know what to tell you <laughs> what what are the bushes like baptist or something but i understand that in uh boston specifically anti-catholic bigotry is a humongous deal <laughs> that's why marky mark Wahlberg, i don't know paralyzed a vietnamese man <laughs> Yeah, it was an act of retribution for decades of uh, yeah. racism against the Catholics in Boston. He, mm -hmm. Yeah, he saw him drinking wine and he said, Hey, my culture is not your costume! And then he fucking <laughs> paralyzed him. Well, uh, I think he ripped out his eye, right? He ripped out his eye? Yes. No, that is that is what happened. 
I think he. I don't know if he ripped out his eye. So like much as punched it out. Move. I, yeah, I think he just beat him so severely. Just. Well, I think he beat him so severely. That, well, uh, we here on Boomer Death Squad are of the mind that uh, when he was be- savagely beating this innocent man, he reached his hand into the man's eye socket and took his eye out. And, well, you see, that might be considered bad in some cultures. Marky Mark Wahlberg <laughs> does have the Sharingan, and he was trying to unlock the Mangekyo Sharingan by uh, killing his best friend, who was this random Vietnamese man, and stealing his eyes. <laughs> When President Trump sent Judge Brian Buescher before the Judiciary Committee, Senator Kamala Harris demanded he explain his membership in an extreme and all-male organization, <laughs> the Nefarious Knights of Columbus. <laughs> I, I love how all-male is in quotes. It's like, that's just true. Yeah, that's, that's what the Knights of Columbus that's are. That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh... I'll read you a little bit of background on the Knights of Columbus, then I've got a fucking ridiculous story. Okay. Uh, reading from the Wikipedia, they are an all-men's global Catholic fraternal order. <laughs> <laughs> They're frat boys! A fraternal order of people who have never gone to college. Uh, they are one of the primary disseminators of homophobic propaganda worldwide, spending millions yearly. Yes. Which is, of course, also vehemently anti-abortion or birth control. Yes. Uh, they're also a life insurance company. <laughs> two million insurance contracts, two million members worldwide, a hundred billion in life yeah. insurance policies. Dude. <laughs> I mean, it's almost, it's almost like, I mean, this is like a fucking China, Illinois episode or something like this. Like, I, I, I didn't really know what the Knights of Columbus were. <laughs> they're a fucking insurance yeah, company and, <laughs> yeah. and the answer is it is a homophobic insurance company <laughs> which is dudes rock question cool. mark it's a very dudes rock organization no chicks allowed yeah. uh, when I was in high school I went to this annoying girl sweet 16 which was at a Knights of Columbus hall in like <laughs> One of the towns around here. It was really weird. It was just <laughs> me, Ben, and all the people from the uh, study skills class. <laughs> I was just dancing with like a girl with Down syndrome, desperately wanting to go smoke weed. But <laughs> and there were just all these photos of former Klansmen on the wall Let's staring go. at me. And I drank a bottle of ten dollar whiskey in the basement. <laughs> That's my story about the Knights of Columbus. Uh- P.O.K. People of Clan. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Imagine a Muslim judge being asked to leave a mosque. Imagine a Jewish nominee being asked, Do you consider yourself orthodox? The way Illinois Democrat Sen. Dick Durbin did (laughs) of Judge Barrett during her previous uh, hearings. Dick Durbin of Boogie Nights fame. Yeah. I, I like that he implies to be an Orthodox Catholic is to be in the Knights of Columbus. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, fucking, what the fuck are you talking about? And besides, she was, it's not that she's Catholic, right? It's that she was in some Opus Dei group that they based the Handmaiden's Tale yes, off of. Yes, <laughs> yes. They just picked someone literally from liberal pop culture psychosis specifically <laughs> to be the one they put up there. Yeah. Just to completely wreck their brains. Do you consider yourself orthodox to a Jewish nominee? Like, as if we're nominating Hasids to the Supreme Court. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we were. It'd be funny. (laughs) There should be a Hasidic guy. There should be a Nation of Islam guy. (laughs) There should be a guy who's blind and deaf, but never learned how to communicate. It should Uh, look like America up there. Yeah, exactly. We should get Uncle Ruckus on the Supreme Court. (laughs) Exactly. We need Uncle Ruckus. We need, uh... Uncle Hatred from the Venture Bros <laughs> with his no molestol drug and he can give it to the rest of the pedophiles on the court. Yeah. <laughs> uh, folks, it's Catholicism. What are these liberals worried about? Subversive bingo night? Fucking no. <laughs> no, man. That's not what they're worried about. <laughs> yeah, Catholicism specifically in America, if you're not one of part of one of these Opus Dei groups, is are some of the most depraved people yes. in America. Like yes. they're the Protestant psychopaths, but us Catholics, I mean, we live passionately. We're the ones who are addicted to opium. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, obviously, obviously his thing is, you know, uh 
he is a theologist. He does think that the Supreme Court should rule by the divine word of God or whatever. But the fact that he's just like, these liberals are so scared of poor defensive Catholics. Like, no, <laughs> it's theologists we want, we don't want on the yeah. Supreme Court. Uh, I don't know if we want Catholics on there either, Danny. Let's be let's be safe here. But, like, being a Catholic <laughs> in modern America, if you're not one of them, is the closest thing to being an atheist that most people are, you know what I mean? You don't really believe or do anything. <laughs> I was gonna say, being a Catholic is being a theologist. <laughs> and there, it goes both ways. There's the diehards, but then there's the people who mostly just deal with the guilt end of things and don't participate, but then they still believe in it a little bit, so they're freaked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, they used to call it Catholic guilt. That's what the Catholic religion is based off of. If you're not one of these Opus Dei assholes, it's just like, oh, imagine what your mother would think. Oh my god, when you're like, you know, yeah. doing coke in a The Damned show concert <laughs> bathroom. <laughs> when you're bumping hits with your number one girl. Yeah, exactly. With your best girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doo-wop and yeast infections. That's what this guy associates with Catholicism. Uh, these paranoid progressives sound like the Nicaraguan commander in the classic movie Red Dawn. <laughs> explaining why he thinks one of the renegade teenagers is a potential threat. <laughs> so fucking stupid. I've never seen Red Dawn, but I already know what it's about. <laughs> based off this sentence. <laughs> we should watch Red Dawn. No, I agree. It's about some uh, crazy Nicaraguan communists getting beat up by the free market through a bunch of hot teenagers. Yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> Brother! This is, mo this is America's most important cultural export. Yeah. It's just shit where some guy who looks like Duke Nukem <laughs> murders 15,000 indigenous people for the good of America in some jungle somewhere. Yeah. The contradolescence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My favorite part of the anti-Catholic attacks on Barrett is when liberals complain that she will impose her beliefs from the bench. <laughs> Catholics, famous for not doing that. Yeah, the Supreme Court, that's not their job. <laughs> it's not their only job described is to impose their beliefs from a bench. <laughs> Democrats aren't against religion. They're against anything that stands in the way of their religion. Total faith in their secular, politics uber-alice worldview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Politics uber-alice. I wouldn't even know what that meant if it wasn't for the dead Kennedys. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> who I'm sure once physically pants to this guy. <laughs> me being fluent in German, I of course know. Uh, politics above all worldview, as opposed to his worldview, which is the same thing. It's just, uh, team sports for these people, right? Red versus blue. Yes, but we, uh, haven't gotten into this because it's the last sentence. I guess we can spoil it here. Michael Graham, folks, is a never-Trumper. So, you know, he doesn't really believe in anything, because he seems to be against Charlie Baker, too, who is the never-Trump governor of... Uh, Massachusetts. I think this guy's just miserable. Yeah, he just, <laughs> he has a column and he doesn't like anything. He's one of those guys you'll see at the bar when the Phillies are playing and he's like talking loudly about how he prefers the Cowboys. Like, he just wants other people to interact with and be angry at him. I'm sorry, so, man. I gotta flame you for your sports meme again. <laughs> Dude, he's a piss pig. That's what I'm saying. What do you want from me? There are people... Who sit around in Philadelphia bars and they're like, yeah, man, I love the Cowboys. I would know. I've sold them drinks. They suck. <laughs> I've, I don't even know what sports are, but those people <laughs> suck. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy's a Catholic, you know? This <laughs> this is what his everyday life is. He feel like is. Jesus on the cross. Yes, ex exactly. He's miserable. He's a Catholic. That's what Catholicism is. Yeah, more than anything, it's misery. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's the basis of the religion. Uh... Wouldn't it be great to see the same progressives who've spent 20 years saying there's no connection between terrorists screaming Allahu Akbar and Islamist extremism now stand up and defend the rights of faithful Catholics to be judged on merit, not their religion? So here, here he, he implies that, yes, screaming Allahu Akbar is just 
being a terrorist. <laughs> being a Muslim is a terrorist. Yeah, that's his point. Is like, wouldn't it be great if progressives who love Muslims who are terrorists, like Catholics who are normal? Yeah, I mean, the man's a genius. What can I say? He is an absolute genius. Anyone who comes from the great state of Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know what people in Massachusetts do. Like, be racist and like root for the Celtics or something. <laughs> exactly. He's like, he's uh, he's fucking Diane's family in uh, BoJack Horseman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> He's also <laughs> ethnically Vietnamese first-generation immigrant. <laughs> For that matter, wouldn't it be great if the Catholics of Massachusetts, the second most Catholic state in the U.S., spoke out against these unconstitutional religious tests? What? Instead, what is... the critical job of defending the American tradition of religious freedom is left to... Donald Trump, pray for us. <laughs> Amen, brother. Holy shit, you dropped some heat right there. Second most Catholic state. What's the most Catholic state in America? What is the most Catholic? How, is New Jersey. How isn't it Massachusetts? The most Catholic state. South Dakota. South Dakota, let's go. No, Fargo. I lied. It's Missouri, and then it's Kansas, and then it's South Dakota. Why? Massachusetts? Whatever. Not important. Um, whatever. Uh, what? yeah. So this guy's really worried about uh, anti-Catholic bigotry from the Democratic Party. Because he's a coward. I, I face Irish bigotry every day from the Democratic Party. <laughs> that's true. That's true. They call me a patty. They call me a mac. They, uh... <laughs> a mac. <laughs> Well, actually, the British used to make raincoats out of the Irish, so uh, <laughs> calling an Irish person a Mac is actually very offensive. Actually, not, not you... many people know this, but uh, during the Revolutionary War, the, the redcoats red coats were actually made of Irish people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just Irish people turned inside out. Wo woven. No, they're not inside out. They're just that red. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the color of your average Irishman. It's woven from their hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, it's super cool to be a never Trumper in Massachusetts who also hates their weird never Trump governor who is going to probably get a position in the Biden administration. <laughs> that guy is. G the Republican governor of Massachusetts is more likely to get labor secretary than Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah. And I hope Bernie knows that even if he is pushing for it. He, he knows. He knows he's not going to get it. Have you seen how uh, freaked out people were being over the prospect of him getting it? What do you mean? Oh, you know, just all the pigs got very, very angry and upset and scared. Uh, because Bernie's whole position as labor secretary was he would repeal, like, the uh, work visas that companies are able to give to import yeah. other workers to do jobs yeah. where Americans could work. Right, that, that legal slavery thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. He'd probably it's, take well, on right to work, too. It's Exactly, and... That would be, you know, that would be Jesus bad Christ, for the company. Joe Biden's handlers would never let that happen. Exactly, that would be bad for the company, America Incorporated. <laughs> yeah. uh, you want to read some of the? We got some pretty excellent comments yeah. actually off yeah. this Michael Graham article. So Michael Graham's articles are normally pretty short, um, but his comment sections are normally abundant with great content, folks. Um, so we. We went into the comments. We took a, we're taking a little look. Uh, you mind if I read these? Ah, uh, no, go for it, man. Just <laughs> right. make sure you pronounce this guy's name. All right. So, first person we have commenting here, uh, username Forget About It Two Point Yo, Tony, you want I should, you want I should support Amy Coney Barrett? <laughs> She's a good earner. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> so, Forget About It 2.0 says, Liberalism is a certain kind of sickness that keeps people from seeing the truth. <laughs> no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. Uh, that well, I, what does that mean? Because you know, famously, you have to swear on the Bible in in court. <laughs> I, there is there is absolutely no separation of church and state, but. I brought my own book, and Dr. Orpheus pulls out, like, his Necronomicon with a mouth that can bite you. Yeah. <laughs> um, here are the Democrats' requirements for a Supreme Court justice. The candidate must be a woman, 
bisexual, lesbian preferred, non-white, at least a third black, part Hispanic, 1% American Indian preferred, occasionally wear a burqa, open to Sharia law, be familiar with bribery, degree in fascism, PhD preferred, and ability to convince minority groups to self-segregate. This is a long fucking comment, man. I know, I know. I actually cut out about half of this. Jesus Christ, this is awesome. (laughs) I know, I know. This guy's auditioning for a columnist (laughs) role with the Boston Herald. Uh, no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification. Occasionally wear a burqa, open to Sharia law. By definition, <laughs> by your own fucking previous sentence, you are open to Sharia law. Just Catholic <laughs> Sharia law. Yes. <laughs> that's what I love about the right wing, like, fear of Sharia law. It's just like, that's basically what you want, man. You have a lot in common with these people. Yeah, you yeah. want to do your own. And these people don't exist for the most part here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know? Exactly. A hell of a lot more of you than there are them. There's none of them in our government. (laughs) Certainly not. The Democrats' goal is to destroy America and build a socialist state that they and only they control. That's the definition of socialism, fellas. Uh, If you can't beat them, loot a city and then burn it down. (laughs) I don't really know what that means. Um, Loot a city and burn it down. It means when you burn down three uh, fucking Starbucks in Seattle, that's vandalism. (laughs) And then when Jeff Bezos in Seattle makes... $120 $120 billion through the pandemic. That's good and normal. When Jeff Bezos personally consumes 120,000 homeless people. Exactly. <laughs> That's the Seattle political position. Kill the poor, man. Do you know about the thing they passed? What's that? They passed like a homeless tax on their biggest businesses, specifically aimed at Amazon, and then Amazon spent like tens of millions of dollars changing and influencing every single city council election and getting the law destroyed. Awesome. That's democracy. Absolutely. Jeff Bezos is your feudal overlord, and if you burn down his Starbucks, you will pay a blood price. (laughs) BLM, Antifa, a.k.a. Democrat voters, are threatening to harm you if you do not comply and and join their revolution. Biden threatens riots will continue if he's not elected. It's actually the entire Trump (laughs) campaign, but... um, Yeah. We're also promised riots over filling a Supreme Court seat. Pelosi threatens to impeach whoever, whomever she has to in order to make sure the mob, a mob she's part of, the Democratic mob, gets what it wants. <laughs> no. The Democratic mob. Pelosi absolutely will not threaten to impeach anyone at all over, <laughs> you know. Yeah, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. The Democrat mob, this thing of ours, losing elections despite overwhelming popular support. (laughs) Losing elections because we are just so dog shit. They could have delayed the Supreme Court hearing if they wanted to. Yeah. We're promised riots over filling a Supreme Court seat. That didn't happen. (laughs) BLM Antifa, a.k.a. Democrat voters... It's like, that's more an indictment of BLM and Antifa than it is saying anything <laughs> about your average Democratic voter. That's Holy shit. <laughs> they threatened to abolish the Electoral College, abolish the Senate, and they threatened to pack the courts. I've never heard abolish the Senate, but I've, I for one am in favor of it. Yeah, do it. No, abolishing the Senate does make sense because that's the whole thing where it's like, you know, 300,000 people in uh, North Dakota have the same representation as 40 million in California. Yeah. They don't want to play by the rules or within the bounds of the American structure. If we don't give them their way, they'll break everything. That's the threat on Main Street, and it's the threat on Capitol Street. So, uh, that's a completely sane person. (laughs) Everything he believes is so cool that the Democrats are going to, like, burn down cities to institute, like, national socialism in America and destroy (laughs) America. He's correct that socialism would destroy America. That's its primary purpose, and that's a good thing. But, uh... I don't know. This whole Supreme Court thing is hilarious. I hope Joe Biden packs the Supreme Court and puts 6 to 12 Merrick Garlands on it. (laughs) If Joe Biden packs the Supreme Court, he'll pack it with conservatives. That would be funny. He packs the Supreme Court and then he puts up people who vote reliably to the right of, like, Gorsuch. (laughs) They hate Gorsuch now, man. Have you ever seen how angry conservatives are at Gorsuch? I don't even know who the fuck that is. He's the one who went up instead of... He was the first Trump appointee. Oh. 
But he is the one that they routinely have, like, vote with the liberals over, like, you know, whatever bullshit little thing they want to give to make it look like they're an impartial body. Yeah. The conservatives are like, blood and soil, I'm going to assassinate Neil Gorsuch. <laughs> oh, my God. Funny. You want to uh, move on to this next comment here? Let's see what Bob's up to. Bob Chapman, yes, yeah, says, Love the Red Dawn analogy. It sums up liberal ignorance perfectly. Most Massachusetts liberals are Catholics in name only. If they were true believers, they would never vote for a party that not only supports, but defends and cheers the passing of a live plus five after birth abortion. I, uh, why do people think that's a thing? After birth abortion. So yes, this guy is saying that born. Democrats legalized abortion until you're five years old. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, man? No, that's the ex that's the official uh, position of my legalized drunk driving party, however. <laughs> Alive plus five. Alive plus five. If the baby has fucked vibes, you do not have to... <laughs> you can kill him with a shovel. It's fine. <laughs> if your baby's Encouraged. a white man. Well, yeah, exactly. well a, a doctor will do it. A, a government-hired doctor. That's paid for with your tax dollars. <laughs> they remind me of some female Clinton supporters years back. I like his policy towards women. I just don't like the way he treats women. Uh, and then we get a reply to Bob Chapman's comment. Big Daddy says, Just like Ted Kennedy, who was worshipped because of his support of women's rights, abortion, even after that fat drunk killed a woman. Abortion. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, they're awesome. correct in that Bill Clinton and Ted Kennedy are like awful womanizing pieces of shit. Yeah. And... They're still losing on the woman front to both of them. Their policies are so bad that people are... And they're so, like, such charisma black holes. It's just like, no one wants to hear about it, dude. No one wants their angry gym teacher to tell them that they can't have sex anymore. It's just not appealing. <laughs> all right, Big all right. Daddy, good the, name. <laughs> Big Daddy. This is where we move on to, I think, the best comment. Uh, the best comments in this section. So, we're introduced to our character... Terminal Gremlin. Uh, he says, communists hate Catholics. Is that a medical diagnosis? <laughs> <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Terminal Gremlin, communists hate Catholics, which is classic, right? So, we get another comment from someone named Magic Kieran. She says, or he, whatever. <laughs> if a Jewish woman was nominated, the Dems would attack the person as being a Zionist and an Islamophobe, even though Ginsburg was Jewish. All of, this, all of the squad and most of the CBC are racists. So... She's like, this person's like, if a Jewish woman was on the Supreme Court, the Democrats would hate them, even though they love R RBG. I don't know. That's a stupid point. I don't know why they would, I don't know why they would post this, but Terminal Gremlin gets in on the action here. He replies, you can attack anyone, but never a Jew. So then you're thinking, which way is this going to go? Is this guy going to be, you know, a anti-Semitic psychopath, or is he going to be like a ultra zionist magic kieran replies and says what do you think the bds is what did the dems do to bloomberg what did the, what did the dems do to bloomberg a, a proud jewish man who was struck down in his prime <laughs> i couldn't if she why couldn't if she had said sanders because like, that's true yeah whatever whatever terminal gremlin to this says defund israel now <laughs> which yeah magic kieran replies you are attacking jews you like the squad and the cbc are a racist all right here's where we get into the juicy stuff terminal gremlin says to this just what i would expect object to the judeo-zionist agenda and you will have the holocaust thrown in your face or be called a racist <laughs> to find out who rules over you simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize can we criticize george soros on fox news <laughs> 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 I too have noticed Fox News is not harsh enough on George Soros. <laughs> I agree. Fox News is not anti-Semitic enough. Um, so now we get a new character, Jack Mack. He replies to term <laughs> Yes, these guys all have incredible names. Jack Mack replies to that comment by Terminal Gremlin says, Actually, you are an anti-Semite. Terminal Gremlin says, said the anti-Euromedic Jew. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Jack Mack, you know, as any sane person would do, replies and says, What the heck is that? 
Terminal Gremlin says, Jack, if you know what anti-Semitic is, then you know what white anti-Uremetic is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. I love that. I, 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 I hope we can find this guy more in his comment sections, because, I mean, I hope this, becomes a, this guy becomes a recurring character on our podcast. Like, all these people commenting are so awesome. Magic Kieran's, like, uh... The Democrats would definitely attack a person for being a Zionist and an Islamophobe. It's like they didn't attack Barrett for being an Islamophobe. She's probably uh, a Zionist, too. Just in she's definitely a Zionist. Way. Zionism is bipartisan policy. Yes. And then center-left and center-right, fully Zionist. Like, they fully support funding and arming the state of Israel. It's when you go to the fringes of the far right and to, like, a little bit further on the left where you're like, wow, maybe we shouldn't just be wholesale slaughtering people. But then if you go to the all the way to the fucking right, you find Terminal Gremlin, who is <laughs> legitimately anti-Semitic racist guy, but who thinks we should defund Israel just because there are Jews who live there. Terminal Gremlin, a never-Trumper because Trump is too soft on Israel. Yeah. I mean, cool. <laughs> This is the biggest indictment of the Trump campaign. This is why he's going to lose. He's too soft on Israel. Where else on the internet could you find people like this other than the comments of the Boston Herald? Am I right? 4chan. That's it. Also 4chan. The anti-Euromedic Jew. That is so fucking cool. And then Jack Mack, who's just like a normal person, like, you know, just some Midwestern like dirt farmers like what the heck is that (laughs) jack mack has never met a jewish person (laughs) no (laughs) if you know what anti-semitic is then you know what anti-euromedic is jesus (laughs) fucking christ (laughs) i've never heard the word anti-euromedic before i I really haven't uh beautiful so uh yeah that's there you go. That's uh, we're done the first half here. Uh, anything to close on this guy? I don't know. You got anything? Uh, what a fan favorite, man. Yeah. Boston Herald, this fucking psychopath. Uh, the people in his comments who are just as unhinged and confused as he is. <laughs> the fact that every article he posts is posted at uh, five in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's another. Uh, every single article is published before six in the morning by uh, Michael hey. Graham. <laughs> hey, maybe he's got an editor, but I do prefer the image of this guy in his home, like in his with his cup that says uh, number one. Israeli or something, <laughs> drinking non-caffeinated coffee, yeah. smiling and posting about how Obama did tropes. <laughs> I I also like to uh, I I also like the thought that he doesn't have an editor. <laughs> he just does this himself at five in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> throws it out there. He starts at five exactly. It's posted by five twenty. Like he's just <laughs> he's get to get the yeah. fuck out there. Yeah. You gotta appreciate that, man. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, we talked a little bit about the Massachusetts governor, Charlie Barker. Uh, he's actually the most popular governor in America right now. Gotta say, Massachusetts, you certainly love electing a Republican in your Democratic machine state, just to, uh, just to make that austerity work a little bit smoother. Other potential names have been floated include a return of Ted Cruz, who, uh, really the nomination should have been a layup for him last time, but really should have been a knock-up for him, but Santorum wouldn't drop out, Christie didn't drop out till too late, like, John Kasich wouldn't drop out another guy who's going to be a Democratic politician in our lifetime. <laughs> so uh, I feel like Cruz feels like he was cheated, and uh, he's certainly young enough where he could pretty easily try to run again. Since his last run, he's worked really hard at rebranding himself as like a Charlie Kirk type, so that could work out for him. Now he's going to become plagued by health problems or something, is my prediction. Yeah, that's from his like only butter diet that will probably kill him. I agree. Uh... Rand Paul could run and make his whole pitch, like, you know, making the Republican Party into a more libertarian party, even though he basically is just a standard Republican. Another charisma black hole. Yeah, another charisma black hole. That's the thing. When any of these people go on the debate stage, what's going to happen? Your ribs, your ribs, Rand. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Matt Gates could run and invite people to, uh, you know, come to the Truman Show house which is where his uh, base of power lays. Invite people to be his son. Oh, yeah, he could invite people <laughs> to be his son. You're now my son, Nestor. Nestor's my running mate, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that thing where Trump wanted to have Ivanka be his running mate instead of Mike Pence. Anyway, uh, I went off on this little tangent because we are talking about uh, another one of these uh, cotton-picking, cotton-eyed psychopaths. Tom Cotton! <laughs> Uh, he's already laying the groundwork in New Hampshire for a 2024 presidential run. Uh, this article is by Jake Lahoot, who uh, is white, so I'm Lahoot. allowed to make fun of his name. Lahoot. Lahoot. And uh, by the way, we absolutely did not just lose this entire article worth of audio again and have to redo it. That nope, did not happen, and we're going to, to address that up front. It's never happened to us. It definitely was not my fault. So. It definitely wasn't uh, the only person who does any of the technical work for this again. <laughs> um, let's get into the article, folks. Huh? How yeah, about I've that? never read this before. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to read. You'll have to read it to me. Uh, um, this one's called Tom Cotton is already laying the groundwork in New Hampshire for a 2024 presidential run by the white guy that we mentioned a couple just a moment ago. Hey, by Jake LaHood. Hey, hey, you're repeating my words. Hey, Galagoo. <laughs> Mortadella. So, we start out in a very shitty na shittily named uh, town in New Hampshire, Londonderry. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the name of, like, uh... The mountain version of Little St. James. <laughs> Pedoshire. <laughs> yeah, Pedoshire, exactly. Yeah. Uh, solid. All right. Londonderry, New Hampshire. Sitting cross-legged in front of a rifle display case and dressed for fall in New England with a green fleece vest, Tom Cotton was waiting his turn to speak. He was announcing that he is pivoting to the Green Party, actually. Get his hand raised. <laughs> the 43-year-old Republican senator from Arkansas has long been mentioned as a future presidential contender, and here he was, testing the waters in the first-in-the-nation primary state. Cotton has only grown louder on the national political stage in recent years. Uh, he has become omnipresent on Fox News, embraced his own genre of trolling on Twitter, which I, I don't... I had never... I've never seen... Tom Cotton trolling people on Twitter. I don't really um, know. You don't like the country? About. You can move, sweetie. Like that said, it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. Hilarious. Comedy genius. Pra yeah, Prager U style stand up. Uh, and demonstrated an attunement to online culture wars and an ability to capitalize on them with his controversial New York Times op ed article that led to the resignation of the paper's editorial page editor. <laughs> Which is fucking awesome. I can't lie. That was awesome. They thought that uh, they were going to end up firing, like, all of the n people who ran the New York Times. And then they let go of this, like, the editorial page editor of the one page it happened on. And yeah. that was it. Did that guy confirm it or, like, what? 
Confirm what? Like, yes, Tom Cotton, you can... Because I remember the New York Times approached Tom Cotton for his, uh... Yeah, that was the thing. He, f- That was the guy who they told to fall on his sword, but no. New York Times approached him because they are the paper of record, and that means they view all of these, um, blood and soil psychopaths as, uh... Deserving of an equal voice and representation. <laughs> right, an equal voice to the right-wing liberal press in the New York Times. But, anyway. Absolutely. Well, he does have his finger on the pulse of the culture war pretty well. Like, I bet for a lot of, like, you know, gym teachers and, like, substitute math teachers are all over the country, this was what they wanted to read. <laughs> Order will be restored. <laughs> um... On the podcast circuit, Cotton talks Tom about Cotton reading... come on Boomer Death Squad. <laughs> Cotton talks about reading Plato and Heidegger as a college student studying the great books. What a fucking loser. Absolute spineless worm just talking about two books he had to read in fucking Philosophy 101. <laughs> Plato, fake and gay. Heidegger, probably a Nazi. I mean, easy. You hear a German and he's a philosopher, it's a philosophy of... Uh, the jewish question right i i just i'm just trying to imagine including marx <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm just trying to imagine the fucking losers that listen to a podcast with featuring tom cotton but uh how well, he- this is a podcast about tom cotton that he's not even on so <laughs> the cotton people cast. who live in glass houses and all that <laughs> How he views Iran as one of the world's most dangerous powers, and how he disagrees with President Donald Trump's withdrawal of American influence on the global stage. Ooh, I win very scary. Ooh. <laughs> I win scary. They have their own oil national wise. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing that voice. <laughs> Get owned. Um, so cl- uh, it's because you couldn't do the voice because you're not as cute. Owned. <laughs> it's because you talk in that voice exclusively when we're not doing the podcast. Yeah, and, uh, let us be clear, folks. Danny does have to. a voice editor. He is always talking in the <laughs> uwu voice. He just changes it to sound like. Uh... There's there's two distinct kinds of uh, people who disagree with Donald Trump's take on the Republican Party, right? There's m- the Michael Grams of the world who think he's you know indecent he's just not polite and then there's the tom cottons who think that uh, we should be waging more genocide actually and uh, enslaving more people it's the same thing it's uh, there are two kinds of conservatism there's isolationism and then there's globalism right yes. donald trump ran pretending to be an isolationist but didn't do anything for it tom cotton's explicitly a globalist which is actually makes a lot more sense if you're running on the american empire which yeah. he is and a lot of people like that here yeah, I mean, it's bipartisan policy, globalism, right? Yes. Getting your job shipped to Mumbai is good for both <laughs> the people in Mumbai and for you. <laughs> yeah, let's bring jobs back to Mumbai. Um, Fleece Vest Tom Cotton, however, has a much more pared-down message for granite staters, which, uh, until I read this article, I did not know that New Hampshire was considered the granite state. What a fucking dog shit name for, for a Bullshit state. Bullshit state shouldn't even exist, so they named it after a rock. Let's Pitiful. Go. Pitiful. Uh, Inside the local American Legion chapter in Londonderry, a wealthy suburb of Manchester, his hefty double-tied blue mask rested around his neck as law enforcement officials across the table discussed the challenges of their profession following the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Yeah, everyone got really mad at me. I can't kneel on people's necks anymore. (laughs) Uh, It's really hard to be blue. People get mad at me on the internet when I execute innocent people. What the fuck? People are questioning why 70% of my traffic stops have been black in the 90s. 95% 95% white <laughs> suburb of Londonderry in <laughs> pedophile England. Yeah. <laughs> New pedophile. Um, facing a safe re-election, Cotton spoke about his military experience in Iraq and Afghanistan to make a point about bad cops. You know, when I was in the army, we used to say that we spend 95% of our time on 5% of our soldiers, Cotton said. I bet you say the same thing in your departments. 5% of uh, the soldiers in the military, how many tens of thousands of people is that that are just running amok, slaughtering civilians wholesale? Absolutely, and yeah, yeah, 95% of our time on 5% of our soldiers... But also, Chris Kyle is an American hero. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Kyle in his sniper contest to see who could shoot the most innocent people for no reason. Yeah. Um, The kinds of Republicans Cotton was mingling with can offer donations, venues for events, and homes for campaign staffers to stay in during primary season. Yeah, Tom Cotton has to send his 
clipboard and parka wearing psychopaths to sleep with the wives of every New Hampshire <laughs> small business owner to become Chris the president. Kyle would probably be president right now if he didn't get a. Uh, killed by that uh cuban spy <laughs> well no he would have lost the election he would have lost a very very close election to jesse ventura <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um as the discussion in the american legion hall progressed cotton's postured posture loosened slightly and he chimed in more yeah he's he's just overcoming his social anxiety right guys yeah dude when the vicodin kicks in <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> His stature as a Twitter lightning rod and his pedigree as a future Republican leader did not come through in this kind of a setting. On Capitol Hill, Cotton's tall, slender frame is defined by the sharp edges on the shoulders of his suits and the notes that he leaves for the children in the woods that he's hunting. <laughs> uh, uh, I added that last part, folks. Um, on the trail in New Hampshire, his khaki pants and sloped profile from the fleeced vest communicated something different, as Cotton politely hung back in the conversation and avoided much eye contact with the attendees. <laughs> However, his rhetoric began to mirror his Times op-ed article, titled, Send in the Troops. This guy is going to get bodied in the presidential election, actually. I'm not worried about this. <laughs> Avoiding eye contact, sloped profile, like, no, this guy is going to get... He dominated. Yeah, he'll get shit on in the Republican primary because honestly, these are the type of people that the Republicans that uh, Republican voters fucking hate. It's why they elected Trump. Everyone's like, "Oh, Trump's not a politician." You know who is a fucking politician? Tom Cotton. Exactly. And they don't like this. Yes, he's an Opus Day, blood and soil, genocidal fucking psychopath, of course, and so are they. But he's, you know, he's a deep stater, or, or what the fuck ever. He's made in the same lab as Pete Buttigieg. Exactly, and they look alike, too. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Tom Cotton and Pete Buttigieg, secret lovers. <laughs> Tom Cotton, Pete Buttigieg, uh, cross-party ticket. He <laughs> healed the divide. Uh, <laughs> and get rid of Healthcare. <laughs> Cotton talked at length about his army service, emphasizing those credentials more than his pair of degrees from Harvard or his time in the House of Representatives before ascending to the Senate in 2014. So yeah, this is machine state politics. This is the yeah. same thing as Bo Biden, Obama, or Kamala. Yes, it's the same exact thing, but for the Republicans. Yeah, exactly. He was raised in a lab to become a candidate. Yeah. Um, the all-male roundtable turned into a venting session for various grievances. The all-male roundtable turned into a jerking session for various Limp biscuits. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's like a trend for people to resist officers, said... Uh, uh, this guy's got a... Jesus Christ, man, it's Timon. It's Timon, okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a trend for people to resist officers, said Timon, a police officer, adding that people look at us as the bad guy, or they start recording halfway through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they only started recording once I executed the innocent person. Nobody wants, nobody cares about the plot when I walked up to him and uh, <laughs> asked for his papers. Hey, man, do you have any papers? <laughs> he only started recording when I called him a zipper head, not when I said that that's a good thing first. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, Cotton used precise militaristic terms when responding to officers expressing their dismay at rioting in American cities and their view that the news media underestimates Antifa. <laughs> One of the best ways to avoid the necessary use of force in a setting like that with potential rioting and looting is to have an overwhelming display of force from the beginning to make it clear to the criminal element who may be infiltrating those protests that you'll brook no violence against persons or property whatsoever, he said. Yeah, uh, an overwhelming <laughs> an overwhelming show of force to a peaceful protest is absolutely not how you incite a riot. Talking to the people of Londonderry, New Hampshire, a town of 25,000 people, an overwhelming show of force. Their police department has tanks, yeah. rocket launchers. Warthogs from Halo. Yeah. EMPs. Just like... Those fucking things from Avatar. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They have the pterodactyls from Avatar and they fuck them with their hair snakes. No, the the police in uh, Londonderry or whatever the fuck it's called is... They have the avatars from Avatar. They yes. are they are like eight foot blue aliens. <laughs> blue lives matter, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Yo, I say James Cameron absolutely goes for that in the next <laughs> Avatar. He he makes that joke at least one time. There's yeah. no what. There's no way he hasn't. This is set back the second Avatar movie another five years. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the senator was met with nodding approval from the officers in the idyllic New England town. I'm so surprised here. Idyllic New England village with like a Christian church and a six-story police station. I'm sure. <laughs> um, after Cotton told a story about helping police officers in Arlington, Virginia, chase down a bunch of kids who stole someone's iPhone at a restaurant, culminating in one of the kids throwing a dustpan at the future senator, he was off to the next event. Um, yes, folks, you heard that right. Uh, before Tom Cotton held any uh, public office, he witnessed some poor children stealing from a rich person and chased them down to catch them and give them to the police. To help the police. If you're helping the police officers, you are worse than a cop. You're oh, a yeah. fucking... You're a copo. Yeah! Honestly. Yes! Yes! Uh, this is the exact same crazy, self-obsessed, narcissistic bullshit as uh, Joe Biden when that guy sped in front of him and then he followed him <laughs> home and had the police like come and arrest him. Fucking insane. <laughs> and then... And then on the campaign trail, he would go around telling people that the guy was a drunk driver, but the guy didn't get a DUI. He was never drunk at the time. <laughs> He's just ruining this guy's life for no reason. That's so Which I'm awesome. sure is exactly what Cotton did to this little boy. Yeah. 911, what is your emergency? Hi, I'm Joe Biden, and I feel unsafe. <laughs> uh... <laughs> As he headed out the door, Cotton was asked about a 2024 run. He wasn't as coy as some politicians are when they're spotted in New Hampshire well before the next election season. I expect I'll be back to New Hampshire again in the future, Cotton told Insider. But for right now, especially with the 15 days until this election, we are focused 100% on these elections coming up. Um, so yeah, this is this is the this is really what the article's about. About is this sentence where Cotton's like, "Yeah, I'll be back to New Hampshire," which Im Again implies in the future. Yeah, which implies that maybe he'll be running for president. But it's like he's there now and he's not running for president. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were talking about, right? He was establishing the infrastructure someone might need, meeting with the Republican donors, and like getting his name out there. Right, sure. This isn't a promise he's running in 2024. It's a promise he's going to run at some point, and I think 2024 is as good a time as any. Yeah. A Tom Cotton run in 2024 would be the, the Republican Party sort of like coalescing around one businessman-looking guy to continue the Trump sort of ethos. It's, you might say. It's Jeb Bush. That's what it would be if they ran him, I think. Right. He would earn huge amounts of money because he's considered a mainstay in the Republican Party and one of its primary leaders. Mm -hmm. But uh, it doesn't seem like he can, beyond like the idyllic New England village cop who he can be like, hey, you know what? There are some bad eggs, but you boys do all right. <laughs> yeah, Kimberly Guilfoyle is going to be screaming in his face and everyone's going to think he's a cuck. Yeah, when Kimberly Guilfoyle shows up in the same town and offers, like, you know, AR-15s to every child, like, how is he going to compete? He's not. He's going to get <laughs> fucked. But uh, it's funny to see the little worm try to make himself a man. <laughs> um. A Tom Cotton endorsement of Corky Mesner for Senate, which is... I, <laughs> <laughs> I love the Republican candidates that they don't care about that they just throw onto tickets just to do. Yeah, very much like a character from, I, I don't know, an Eddie Murphy movie in the 90s or something. I'm dorky for Corky. <laughs> yeah, Cor Corky Mesner. He sounds like uh, the character that's already dead in a Coen Brothers movie that they're investigating. <laughs> yeah. Corky Mesner was killed. Um, so this is, uh, this is qu quoting Tom Cotton's uh, endorsement of Corky. If you're a granite stater and you care about keeping more of the money you earn and you care about being able to defend your home, whether you've owned a gun your entire life or whether you're one of the millions of Americans who have bought a gun in the last four months and you want to protect our country from illegal immigration and you want to protect American jobs for American workers first and you want a military that is second to none to defend our nation, hopefully without ever having to fire a shot, then Corky Mesner is your candidate and the Republican Party is your party. It's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> and, well, really, he hit all the culture war bullshit, right? He's like, uh, if you want to be able to have guns and you don't like paying taxes and illegal immigrants are coming to steal your job and your woman... And kill you. And kill you with guns and their penises, which are larger than your penis, 
Uh, you must come support us. Uh, also, the thing where he said we should in- invade, uh, defend our nation without ever having to fire a shot. I- I- that just means invading everyone else, right? No, no. His whole thing is having the military so large that the existence of the large military is enough of a deterrent that we never have to go to war. But it's like, we don't go to war. We don't. We already don't get attacked. <laughs> Why does he think we go to war? We go to war for the purposes of the American Empire. Exactly. We're not on the defense, we're on the offense, all around the world, all the time. Yeah. And he's a globalist, in the sense that he wants to invade Iran. He thinks that's how it should work. But <laughs> right. he... But culture war. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that list of items, coupled with Cotton's cadence and precise gestures... Ugh, it, yeah, to be presidential, you just have to know what to, what to do with your hands. Um... Could con- constitute a stump what speech. What do you do with your hands? You do what Trump does, clearly. Could constitute a stump speech. It could be the first impression he makes on New Hampshire voters. But there was a disconnect between Cotton's withdrawn demeanor at these intimate events and his bravado on Twitter and Fox News. Normally, presidential hopefuls make a point to tick off major local issues in New Hampshire. Property taxes, the opioid epidemic, broadband internet access, <laughs> and new infrastructure are some of the most popular ones. Instead, Cotton made his messaging more Trump-centric and focused on cultural issues. Which does make sense uh, with the idea that the Republicans are going to coalesce behind Cotton for like a, yeah, a, a more like coherent, like serious Trump-esque Republican Party. And that's the thing. The people in New Hampshire do love being kowtowed and having presidential hopefuls come and suck their dick about potholes. But at the same time, Trump won New Hampshire without doing any of that. Handily. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's just like they're more interested in this blood and soil culture war in the quote-unquote free state. <laughs> or live free or die state. Yeah. Here's a little, uh, here's a little info on uh, New Hampshire. A little bit of uh, FBI crime statistics here. New Hampshire is one of the whitest states in the country. Firmly in the top five, with somewhere between 92 and 95% of its residents identifying as non-Hispanic white. The state was crucial to vaulting and legitimizing Trump's campaign in 2016. He was able to win New Hampshire in the primary without doing the kind of small-scale retail politics that have shaped its presidential campaign orthodoxy over the years. So, uh, yeah, and that's basically what Tom Cotton was doing. Yeah, winning New Hampshire is important, but at the same time, how important it is... I think that's sort of overblown, right? Like, yes. What well, what's supposed to be the most important primary? The first one. It's supposed to be Iowa, right? And you know, do you know who won Iowa in 2016? Uh, Rick Santorum. Oh. <laughs> Rick Santorum's gone. He's out of electoral politics now, and he didn't even do particularly well in that race. So I think the strength of these things are sort of overblown, but he is a traditional politician. In mm-hmm. the sense where he needs to believe that this is what he needs to do to win. Yeah. It's the only chance he has in a Republican party. And it's probably going to be dominated by football coaches and right. uh, the guy who founded Blackwater from now on. <laughs> yeah. uh, Anything to finish with? Uh, no, you got something to say? Well, I guess... We talked a little bit about the Supreme Court hearing and uh, some of the conservative fears of that they might not allow a Catholic onto the court, uh, despite the fact that conservatives shot the last Catholic president. (laughs) Uh, And also the fact that the Catholic did just get sworn in as the Supreme Court Justice. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, and she was sworn in completely. Mike Pence wasn't even there. He didn't even need to preside over it, because it wasn't close. All the Republicans who pretended like they had a problem with it immediately... uh, kowtowed and uh, allowed it to happen. Lisa Murkowski from uh, Alaska. She was the last one to do it. She was the first one to say she wouldn't, and then the last one to say, oh yeah, I'm gonna. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, we talked a little bit about uh, Republican 2024 hopefuls, including Tom Cotton, the uh, blood and soil psychopath who is almost certainly going to lose to someone with just any amount of charisma at all. He's going to lose to Mark Cuban, or he's going to lose to The Rock. Oh, or God, Mark he, Cuban. He'd lose to Matt Gates if it was a one-on-one primary. I'd say best best, uh, best turnout of the 2024 election is if Tom Cotton does run and then loses his Senate seat as a result. <laughs> that would be funny. You said no one ran against Tom Cotton for his seat this year? Yep. On the Democratic Party? Why? Uh, they're terrible at strategy, I guess. <laughs> I agree. 
No, because the Democrats want Tom Cotton in the Senate. Yeah, he's yeah. a stand-up guy. Yeah, you're right. This is what this is the normal uh, white bread Republican that they want to make sure survives, thrives, and rules both parties. And they're going to succeed. There's no real opposition to this. Uh, this is a comedy podcast. Thanks for listening to Boomer Death Squad. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Boomer Death Pod. I've been Joe. I've been Danny. And I've been Matt. Thanks. Bye-bye. See ya. My dramatic pause. <laughs> Dude, I was <laughs> gonna say, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Dude, you did talk for like 30 seconds. It's like, the hell? <laughs> California! Morales! California! Who's